Right at the Fork is supported by Picnic, the app where you can share and discuss your best dishes. Picnic. Eat better together. That's P-I-Q-N-I-Q. Download it today on iTunes. This is one of those uh, shows, uh, Chris, uh, by the way, Court Johnson, Chris Angeles. See, I'm, get, I'm getting these intros in as we uh, welcome everybody back to Right at the Fork. Uh, this is one of those times where we get to have a, uh, a guest once again on the show, but with a special guest alongside. Yes. Well, I don't th- have we done that yet? What no, we've had, we've, we've had, had, we've had we've people had special back. special guests. Every one of them are right. special oh, guests. Yes, but I'm just saying we've had, and we've had people back, but we've never had somebody back with a special guest. Yes. Which is the case today with Sarah and Jesse. Yeah, and so Sarah was on the podcast before. Yeah, talking about Sarah Hart, of course. Right, one of our favorites. Yeah. When, when I, whenever anyone's asked for an example of the podcast, that's one of the... That's the first one I. She's one of our. She's one of the first and one of the uh, few that we've actually done a repeat where we've decided where we, right. we didn't have an episode to release, so we just re-released Sarah's episode. Oh, that's right. A yeah. re- yes, like a summer rerun. Yeah, and uh, well worth it. And mm-hmm. she's she's back with uh, Jesse Menace mm-hmm. of Cacao. Cacao. So two of the big chocolate people talking about some of the other big chocolate people in Portland. Yeah. And more importantly, they talk about this recent trip they took to Japan, where a bunch of Japanese businessmen from a uh, from a, a department store slash train company. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to piece this all together. They're all intertwined. I think they're trying to piece it together too. If yeah, you listen I don't think to they it, couldn't figure, they couldn't figure it out yet. I'm not convinced to, uh, completely, Chris, that they didn't go on this thing and then like they're signed up to go back every single year and. Like they're a part of some some ritual back there in Japan because they they talk about like not quite understanding how everything happened and what was going on while it was happening, but it sounds like it was a great experience and great exposure for Portland. Right, and that's that's how this came about. As I saw Sarah posting a lot of great fun shots from her trip to Japan, and I asked her what it was all about, and there were it turns out that. Uh, they were featuring a lot of Portland folks over there. They were very interested in what's going on in Portland, um, in Japan or in Osaka, and or is it Osaka? Osaka. Osaka. I, I, I you I know, know. I, I I'm gun shy now <laughs> after the whole Oaxaca incident. Eh. So um, that's all right. I think I believe on this podcast, I I try to share as much Japanese culture knowledge that I have, and I'm. There's a pretty good chance, and where, Chris, from, that I'm, where is that derived? We've never not, actually. I've got a ten-year-old kid who comes home and tells me things about Japan all the time. That's it? No, no. I've got I've got two brothers who who speak Japanese who were stationed in the army in Japan and and they're fluent in. I've, so have you so, been there? So I, I haven't been there yet, but no, it, it would be on. See, here's the thing, Chris. This okay. You're you're doing Spain this summer or right. in late summer. You're doing Italy and France. Right. Next year, 2017. Osaka, Japan. I want to do Tokyo. Okay, all right. Tokyo. We'll do Tokyo. Or something. Yeah, yeah. But we're coming up with that at some point. But yeah. thanks for mentioning those others. Right. Um, uh, trips that are going to be fantastic. You lived in Lyon. I did. And we're going with uh, with Aaron Saint to Lyon. So I won't go into that a lot on this one. Just check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com, the PFA International, if you'd like to travel mm-hmm. with some uh, great Portland chefs to Europe in September. 
And I have one thing before we get to the actual interview that we had with Sarah and Jesse is remind people to share this podcast if, if you're enjoying it and also give us a review, whether it be on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are listening and can do a review. Your reviews help us out. Yes. And also find your way to writeatthefork.com yeah. because uh, there's the show notes from uh, these podcasts. And uh, if you click on Picnic, our, our, our supporter, mm-hmm. sponsor, uh, you'll get to their app from there as well. All right. So get near the mic because I want to start this. Oh, you guys are getting dressed. I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah, to push we you. Have, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 there's, it's kind of a little bit of a double-edged sword for me because I love baseball. I love that you're wearing that. And I love, I think it's great because the fact that you had this trip to Japan is courtesy of Hanshin. And I, I may be wrong. That is this the shipping company also that is causing the traffic problems in Portland? <laughs> you're blaming. You're still. You're still blaming them. I'm gonna on the on the you traffic. You know, I'm, it's my thing. It's my OCD thing with traffic. It's that. Why are of you blaming? But it's not the shipping company. It was the shipping yard that had the issues. And the but they stopped sit- their contracts. Yeah. So because they and it might have been the port of Portland. Can't so get, you can't you, can't get your stuff people. through. All right, you go so somewhere enough else. of that. <laughs> but do you know? Is that the same company, Hanjin, or is it Hanjin? I think it's Hanjin. So it's not. Okay. I think so. Let's it's do not. the entire podcast. I, no, about I think a misunderstanding. I, one, one, no. <laughs> the shipping company. The shipping company is is South Korean based. Yeah. And this is a, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Blame them. All right. So there's my ignorance All again. Right. See, this is why we need to edit. I argued yes. for a year that we had to be able to edit on this podcast, yeah. and we didn't. So. So you you want this all to go away? Is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, no, we'll be okay with it. You guys look great. We need this to be a TV show. Yeah. They're wearing they're they're, they're they're yellow and black and white. Yeah, ref- tiger stripe. Tiger, tiger stripe. Refer yeah. to the uh, website if you can't see it on the whatever. Oh, I'll, I'll take a picture right now. Yeah. Right, but but not everybody can Woo. see the uh, thing. There they are. So thank you for coming in. Thank you for having us. It's nice to meet you, Jesse. I haven't met you. I've enjoyed your drinking chocolate quite a few times. I just took, um, we have a family friend visiting, actually just moved here from Connecticut, Mm -hmm. uh, moved to Portland. The day he got here, uh, he got here Saturday. On Sunday, I had him out for a little food thing, and we stopped by Cacao and had, you know, the samplers. Awesome. And... uh, He's a convert already. That's all it took. I love it. He's Good. staying. Good. He's not going. And a little Alma, Alma chocolate was there too. Do you guys need that somewhere? Maybe more than the there, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, and we, one of my favorite podcasts ever, number five, I think it was, was, no. It was early. It was one, of, it was we single really digits, did. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was single digits. It was early on. Yeah, I think it was number five. I can look it up. So refer to that. Because the reason I wanted to mention that is, well, that's where your backstory is, mm-hmm. right? We're not going to talk about. We don't need to. Keep we're not going to talk about yeah. Missouri, right? Yeah. Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> my, father Missouri. Call, my father called Missouri. it Missouri. Uh, well, so does my mom, but she's from St. Louis, and I'm from Southern Missouri, where we talk like this, and we some people say. Missouri, I'll go with yours because my St. Louis is kind of its own. It's like it's part of Missouri, but it's not really right. St. Louis itself, kind of, yeah. It's still part of Missouri. Uh, well, okay, technically, but... It's the gateway to the West. I know, but like... About? You can't just ignore th- that. My travels has been that St. Louis was like completely different than ev- any everywhere else it's in the state. It's a city. Yeah. It's in Kansas City, of course. Right. And the rest mm. is pretty rural. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, yeah. like very rural. <laughs> yeah. So, where did you grow up? 
Seattle. Oh, okay. How long have you been in Portland? Uh, 10, uh, 10 years? 11 years? That's 11 all? Years. 11 years. When did yeah. you open Cacao? 2006, and I moved here in 2005. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it had been around longer than that. And um, what was the impetus behind that? Um, well, I was working for a chocolatier called Franz Chocolates in Seattle, and... Uh, Once Turk. again, not nothing to do with the bread. Should we? That's right. France, France with an S, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and I, uh, during that time, I sort of was getting sort of uh, an understanding of what was potentially going to be a movement of small batch chocolate makers uh, making chocolate from beans, and and we thought it would be interesting to open a store that really emphasized that aspect of chocolate, which hadn't really been done before. And and then we opened in 2006, and basically none of those makers existed, so we were uh, mostly um, focused on European uh, chocolate make- makers, and then slowly but surely the sort of craft chocolate movement uh, came to be what it is. Did you put out the memo and say, hey, listen, we opened this well, store, <laughs> and we need you guys to start making some they're, small they're not very, They're not particularly cooperative. They, uh, yeah, it, 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 was, it came on slowly. So uh, as, of, as, as of 2016, store is beautiful. Thanks. The one over in West End. We yeah. just had Rick here. We'll, we'll do an entire, that block. Yeah, yeah. We, have to, yeah, right. we have to have uh, Micah Camden in, and we'll yes. have some others. But... Um, but as of 2016, what percentage of your sales or your shelf space is, attrib- is it attributable to uh, Portland small batch chocolate? Well, local, local. Uh, you know, a good chunk of it. You know, I th- well, you know, there's nice like how many, how many craft chocolate makers are there in Portland? I think there's, there's at least seven maybe. Mm-hmm. So I think we definitely local is a sort of component or a, of our criteria. So that's an aspect we definitely focus on. Right, you carry Alma, and Alma is not Bean to Bar. Yeah, it's different in that way. That's true. Yeah, Bean to Bar. Yeah, yeah. so we're um, a chocolatier or a confectioner. We make things out of chocolate, but we don't make chocolate. So that's a distinction. A lot of what they carry. There's a lot of the terminology I think that's getting well. That's why I asked. Right? Define the terminology for me and Court and those folks mm-hmm. out there because we Do you don't want to jump in. I mean, yeah. So a chocolatier is someone who makes chocolates or things with chocolate. Uh, from chocolate, and then a bean to bar chocolate maker is someone who makes chocolate from beans. And you can be a chocolatier and a chocolate maker or bean to bar chocolate maker, but typically one is one or the other because they're both sort of very complex in their own right. And so, the, how many uh, bean to bar chocolate makers versus chocolatiers are there? I didn't I didn't understand the delineation. I think the that, well, there's probably a lot more chocolatiers in the country because there is that history and that has existed a lot longer than the craft the craft chocolate movement has, which is you know like ten years old. Um, it began with things like Scharfenberger and um, maybe to go maybe to go but isn't included in that, but Scharfenberger. Um, and Theo and... And then Theo, and then it sort of slowly grew from there. And now there's around 160, at least 160, 170 craft chocolate makers in the country. Okay. So we have, I'm trying to quickly do the math, less than 5% of them right here. Yeah, but I think we have more than any other... Well, Which I, is a lot. We have a lot, per, we have a lot yeah. per capita. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah or that's some, right. I should have said something just short of 5%, not yeah. less than. Yeah, but, we have a chunk. Yeah. You've used that word twice. That's a good oh, pun for chocolate, this... Yeah podcast. Oh, by the way, Court. Yeah, no, I, f- I forgot to set some ground rules here. Oh, for our conversation. No, do you no know chunk. the ground rules? No, 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 no. no, no. That, that is fine. The, the, the word that uh, we are avoiding 
because uh, there will be consequences. Can I say is no. do you know what it is? I know what the word. Go ahead, is it? Sarah. You cannot say amazing. There it is. Yeah. On oh, this podcast, you, you've probably been hearing now. Uh, we'll, now Chris, that's all I'll say. Yeah. No, well, the, we, the the rule is basically you have two two chances. The first one, <laughs> you get warned. <laughs> By the way, it took, me, it took me four minutes the first time we did this to yeah, hit number one. Yeah. hit number one. Hit the warning. Uh, so you get one warning, and then the second time, podcast is over. All right. It's like, we are done. I think this started, actually, because I wrote in an email that something was amazing, and you were like, eh. Well, no, I had already, we had, Court and I had already had this conversation, and I saw, I saw in the, either in the email or Facebook post, and I called you on it, because I knew you were coming on the podcast, so so just so you know. I'm (laughs) giving you you a a fair warning. It's a meaningless word now. Why? Because it's a just it's what a meaningless Sarah word. just said. It's yeah, a yeah. meaningless That makes sense. It, no one, everybody kind of uses like it for everything. Yes. Like artisan was useful at the beginning and now it's but so that's broadly a little more used. specific. I know, but Everything's, it's still become meaningless. I say, and, and Rick mentioned it and he was correct, refer, Google Louis C.K. amazing. Yes. And that doesn't, I'm a, right. or it's, when it's in reference to yeah. the word amazing, you can use it. <laughs> but loot, Google that and that'll give you that's a the good loophole. idea of why we think it's probably shouldn't be Do you have a used. cattle prod for the first warning? No, we, we uh, determined I was going to punch you in the face. Yeah, and so <laughs> so, the, so he doesn't need to find a sound effect. It's the sound effect of the guests yeah. getting hit in the face <laughs> and their reaction. Yes. So, <laughs> so don't say it. So at any rate, that's yeah. a long that's long for the ground rule because this is new. Rick got through. Rick Giancarelli was the first one. With, with all, all that, amazing. But with all that said, we are a very welcoming uh, group <laughs> of uh, Anything goes. You can say yes. whatever you want. Just don't say amazing. Okay. All right. All right. So, but Chunk is okay. Or do, where are you? That's what you said. <laughs> you can say Chunk. I say, how, so, can you, how can you be? How can you be in the chocolate business and not be able to say Chunk? Right. You have to say That's chunk. true. Right. Say chunk. So the reason that I thought. It would, I was watching your Facebook post for, it seemed like two months, but it, was it wasn't. It's only two weeks. It's only two weeks. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? When someone travels and you're not traveling and they're away and they, they're a prolific poster, um, it seems like it's forever. People thought I was in Spain for uh, two months and I was there for 10 days mm-hmm. when I did that. Mm-hmm. So I saw your posts and it looked fascinating to me. And I knew you were like a kid in a candy store. Um, Sarah, you were having such a good time. So let's talk a little bit about why these folks at Hanshin wanted to host you and some others, talk about who else went, um, in Japan. I find it fascinating that they're so interested in what's going on in Portland that they, that they provided this tour for you and showcased what you do. If that's what happened. That is what happened. I find it fascinating too. No, this summer there was a... I think we got an email or something from somebody <laughs> saying there's a group of uh, Japanese business people coming and they want to come tour Alma and talk to you because they want to have a Portland fair at their department store. And so they're going to come over on blah, blah, blah day. And then they did. And they all rode bikes. They were trying to be as Portlandy as possible. So they all rode bikes. And then they, but not in Portland fashion, they lined their bikes all up like perfectly you know like instead of like all in a jumble um so that was super cute and they came in and we talked chocolate and they tasted a bunch of stuff and um it kind of ended up being uh i think they kind of decided then and there that we were coming i didn't know how it was all working but the point being is that they wanted to have this portland fair because i think portland is in vogue in japan and in a lot of places so this department store was having a portland Portland Fair. fair yeah 
Did you find out where, why Portland is in vogue there? What they read and what they heard and what's going on, other than Portlandia, to know what that, how that came about? What's going? Or is it just Travel Portland is doing an excellent job? Um, well, I do think Travel Portland is doing. An excellent that's what job. I mean. That's part. That could be the reason. I but, also think another reason is I think there's a lot of huge cultural differences, of course. But one of the things that I thought through as I was asking myself the same question, like, Mm. why are we here and why are they into Portland, is that um, there's this sort of attentiveness to craft and to detail and to presentation. And I think Portland is a city that's catching on with worldwide awareness that that's what we do. Well, that's what's fascinating because we we think that it's catching on nationally. But to hear that it's catching on on the other side of the Pacific... Is very interesting because you know we got a language barrier. There's different yeah. things going on, and Sarah, you have to f- decide at wh- where you're going to get on that mic because it's. I can hear it kind of coming in and out. Yeah, well, that may be the. I may want to swap my mics here. Okay, and we're going to do a quick thing. I'm going to switch you back with this one. I can. Con- I can control this one. This one I might be able to just boost up. And we can just take turns leaning in. Yep. Sorry, the the budget. We have to get another sponsor. <laughs> So we, buy, can have, buy another microphone. so we can have four mics in the yeah. studio. Does that, does that work right there? Yeah. Okay. All right. Are you guys okay with that? Yes. <laughs> and you can, you can you can set your own system where you're you're tapping each other when one is going to speak. But at any rate, yeah, I can I can just go like this. Yeah. So, sorry. You can bunk that. Sorry yeah. about that yeah. interruption. I just wanted people to make sure they were going to hear you. So that's all. So um, so that to me that's fascinating that they know on the other side of the. Uh, so what did they know about Portland? What did they? What, did you talk to them about? We couldn't really talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So so the the conversations that were had were all through. They were all through translators. I'm assuming they they were. We sort yeah. of had, we had a, a couple of handlers that were sort of supporting us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, there there were people that we could speak to on sort of a limited basis, but it, uh, did you feel like you? I mean, I found it maybe difficult to ask, how do you feel? Why do you like Portland? I didn't really run into those situations. Yeah, that's true. Only we just had to kind of put it together from what we gleaned, you know, watching what they picked and how it was represented. Like they recreated the Ace Hotel lobby, for example. So that must have seemed so Portland to Mm. them. And it does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I were to, if I were the scene director in a play, and someone said, "Find a hotel in Portland, be that, or maybe the Jupiter," but that would be easy to recruit. You'd want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And there was, of course, micro beers, micro brews. I think the craft beer movement is huge in Japan as well, and chocolate and coffee, coffee. of course. Well, yeah, coffee. We ended up. It was kind of surreal. We spent a lot of our time. In the recreated Ace Hotel lobby, drinking Oregon beer and Oregon coffee, wow. you know. Was that what yeah. you dreamed of when and you people, went to Japan? <laughs> people came up and wanted to talk to us yeah, and have would, a and sign have there. Little, yeah, little photo ops and things like that. Good. So if we ever want to get together, let's just say let's meet in Japan and we can go That's head over right. to Ace and hang out. And, um, yeah. So, uh, and were you, was there a business purpose for Cacao and Alma? Did you feel like you were going to sell some more chocolate over there or sell your services you don't actually do you have cacao 
chocolate to sell? No, you're we you're brought a we brought our drinking chocolate. We brought our drinking chocolate mix, which is our only the product. Mix. That's it. Yeah. And then okay. we made drinking chocolate there. So we trained staff to make drinking chocolate from scratch, and we served it and sold shots. But are they going to buy your chocolate now? Is there, well, see, I don't. I, you know, it was rewards? it was sort of it was like we're just going to do this. And it was, we were open and ex- we were exploring what, if we felt it would be a good fit. We really didn't, we didn't really know. We sort of went into it blind, but excited. So did you, what I'm trying to get at is, as Portland businesses, other than, hey, this is a cool opportunity to get to know, sure. go, to go to different areas of Japan. I think you went beyond Osaka, right? Which, mm. um did you do some calculation on um, at the in the end? Here's where this will. Here's the profit. The profits we can yield from what could possibly happen. Well, yes, of course. I well, of course, I was doing a couple things. I was calculating how much they bought from us and thinking how much it cost to have me come, and where that left them. Of course, as a business person, you're always doing that, right? Mm-hmm. But it did, yes. Well, A, it was, they bought a lot of chocolate, so it mm. was worth it even if I didn't get to go. And they're going to continue to, you're hoping. That, uh, maybe, but it also opened some doors to people that I talked to that made me see that there is a potential market, if even not necessarily with that store. Does, tra- um, does Travel Portland help you with that? Do they have like a merchant services <laughs> area? That, That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, <laughs> Well, don't forget, I said it, Travel. Yes. Um, not a bad, I wouldn't mind doing that. Actually, I got the perfect thing for that, but that's for later. But don't you also think, like, I wasn't going to say no either, like, regardless of kind of, well, I mean. So if your costs were covered, you would have said yes, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, even they bought yes. a huge. Even though it took you out of, you had to, obviously. Because yeah, yeah. it was amazing. When are you going to get to do that again? Agreed. Oh, no. My dad always taught me, I, well, you don't, you don't I'll try and be interested. Hit the ladies. Well, you know what? <laughs> Let me ask you this. They count, do they count as one person? Because can Jesse say amazing and they're still No, okay? I, I, it's each individual. He, yes, okay. So oh. just, the pressure's on Sarah. Yeah, so. it, that's right. It's not fair to put the pressure on Jesse. <laughs> when, well, I guess, I guess since we do have two guests this time around, Sarah, you just have to leave the room. We'd be like, sorry, yeah, see, see ya. We're going to finish with Jesse <laughs> today. You can and say would really, things right. about yeah. me whenever. You know, I don't know if I like this rule. I love Sarah's presence to cause her to leave. Her I do, too. A, You're the one that came up with but it. But it's very important. Th- it's very important. You can't say it, so I'm yes, it's that anything. important. Okay, so to get to have that experience mm-hmm. in those circumstances, to get to go to a country that's as so culturally different in many ways, mm. and to get to work there gives you access to experiences that I don't think you'd ever get to have. So that was worth it. That was worth the time. The uh, And, you know, I should be more probably incentivized by money, but I didn't, I started the chocolate business because there was an experience of chocolate that was lacking and I wanted to create it. So I'm very experience driven personally. Mm. Yeah. And how about you? Well, I would like to have a reason to go to Japan regularly after this trip. <laughs> right. And so, so I would like to could... cultivate a business relationship with, uh, in some way. Yeah. And do you think, do you feel yeah. like you did that? Um, potentially, 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 yeah, I definitely have contacts. Yeah. And so do, is that something you think you have to pursue? Because I'm always thinking of these things because I run a little small operations and you have to either 
hope that someone's going to contact you or wait a certain amount of time and go, okay, I've got to initiate some kind of contact and make something happen here. So is that something that's in their hands now, or do you think you control that? I think it's sort of open to whoever has sort of the right idea or the opportunity first. I, I have this existing relationship with whom I worked on this particular job, um, so that would be my contact for the next opportunity. And perhaps they would reach out to me or perhaps, I don't know. We'll you can send them this podcast and they Absolutely. can hear it. Yeah. Very passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit more even aggra- aggressive passive. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. that, that could, uh, uh, that, might, <laughs> that might help. So who, who, who do you think told them? They, someone had to give them the names of businesses and it wasn't all chocolate, right? Who else was, who else was there? Uh, Stephen Smith T was there. And Kombucha Wonder Drink and uh, Blue Star was there because Blue Star is in Tokyo, so they just was that Micah or somebody else representing Blue Star? Uh, someone else. Okay. Um, Stumptown and Water Avenue Coffees both. Oh, okay. So there are some big, big names there. They did a too. big feature. There was a lot of in addition to yours at the little craft brew base. It was called, mm-hmm. um, but they were really intensely focused on. Uh, mm. thing by Bridgeport, mm-hmm. right? Bridgeport? No, no, I no. Burnside. I'm sorry. Apologies. Burnside, Burnside. Brewing. Um, and I uh, do. Apologize. I get the two mixed up all the time. I want to because it's bees. Yeah, the bees. But because we did a Burnside Stout chocolate, especially for the event. Mm-hmm. Truffle. And so who was the person who gave them all the, told them who to contact? I'm always curious about that. There's a woman in Vancouver, BC, who was sort of the initial. Uh, I f- she brought everyone here. She was sort of the go-between initially. Yeah, but someone, in my someone in Portland had to say, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Someone Cacao, in Portland did say Alma, to the woman in Vancouver, BC, do, go to these she, yeah, suggested she was given a list. I kept trying to ask because I was super curious. Yeah, like, I'm curious about that too. Why us that? and why, you know, like how come, who got, so there's also a lot of other businesses that were there that we didn't go over to as didn't send representatives. Right. You know, Woodblock was there, and Chocolatel uh, de David was there, and Pitch Dark was Can there. Can you say that five times? Because I <laughs> always want to know how to pronounce that. I know David Briggs. Oh, uh, I like him David, a lot, but I can never pronounce Chocolatel de David. One yeah. more time. Chocolatel de David. Great. Thanks. I've, I've never heard that pronounced correctly, so I'm glad to. Are we, are we positive that that's even being pronounced properly right now. Well, that's, just, and I'm yes? just hoping right. I'm chocolate. Nobody's corrected you so far. Missionary chocolate was there. Yeah. Right. This is just my this is my way of, of going to these folks and saying, hey, did you hear your name on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I'd like a free Raleigh bar. <laughs> 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 um so David was there too. David well his chocolate was there. Oh his chocolate. He wasn't. No, so th- he's a small guy. The, so for we him were to the go, chocolate. He's gotta stop his there. business, right? David's you have more people at Alma than David has with his I I don't know if he's grown since I last saw him, but it was just I David. Has, I think he has a small staff. Oh he does. Okay. Well, I, think he's grown. I think that means quite small. And he small. should have, because I haven't really like quite small. I, I haven't gone to see him in the back of uh Michi's or yeah, Michi's yeah. bread. Yeah. For three or four years, and at that point, it was it was really cool. But I don't know. That could be one to two people. Small staff. And it was right before Valentine's Day. Okay, so what I'm getting at is, do you, did everybody there have a good personality? Because you two are very fun to be with. And if someone were to call me from anywhere, and they've done this kind of thing, 
they've asked what chef is would be a great place to do an event that were there. So I'm wondering if the person who gave them the names, and I believe you're probably going to say you don't know, we but don't. we don't know. Took into it whether it was just the product or the the personality. Sarah was sort of the face of the whole event. Okay. Sarah was everywhere <laughs> in the Tonshin department store, and she put, um, she did the new hair. The event for, was happening on the eighth floor, and her face was everywhere. <laughs> did you do the hair just for the strip for Japan? This well, not color? really. I was wanting to do it, and then maybe that incentivized me further. Okay. Because I figured already I was going to stick out like. A tall mm. Amazon, and I might as well be a blonde, tall Amazon. I'm just pointing out to you, Chris, that you'd push something on your phone, and I was worried you had butt dialed somebody or elbow dialed somebody. And... Oh, I thought you were telling me no. you had a little no, note no, no, on no. the side for me. No. <laughs> no you know, I just... you know what? I don't think I mentioned to you. Court, our little break that we need to take here. Oh, yes. Hmm. Yeah, no, this is the, the time of the podcast where we actually do a little shout out to our sponsor, Picnic. Have you guys heard of the new app, Picnic, P-I-Q-N-I-Q? Well, yeah, usually we give you a heads up. Please. my fault. I believe I have heard of Picnic. Please allow yeah, us to, yeah. uh, to tell you. Uh, think of Picnic as a combination of Instagram and Reddit in that it's for people who like to prepare great food in their homes and showcase it on Instagram, but specifically for Picnic. That's what, you know, it's what it's there for. Make great meals, take pictures, put them on Picnic, and then you can have discussions with people about, you know, what you made, why you did this instead of that. You can tell I'm not a, a uh, I'm not a chef in any way. I'm giving very broad it, examples. But you can tell Do this instead of that. professional broadcaster. Yes. Doesn't he sound good when he does that? Mm. So I love this. That's why. Please. We, well, so this year court joined as as co-host here and it was perfect to do product placement right he's like I, we talked about it, like the hank kingsley or the uh <laughs> right. just sound, the, he sounds good doing it and mcmahon uh piq niq is what you want to search or we just say go to the uh right at the fork website right at the fork.com the links are all right there and you can yeah there's it. there's actually a link there yeah if you do that one that gives us credit for that's the one you want to click on it yeah so right at the fork.com that would be pretty cool so, what impressed you most about Japan? What What did you learn that you never knew about Japan that that uh, that surprised you, and that makes you really want to go back? I found it very peaceful. I and we were in Osaka, which is a large city, and we were staying in a very sort of dense commercial shopping area, and everything's sort of interconnected, and there's transit there, and everyone is sort of bustling around, but I. But I found uh, there was something about it that there was a level of quiet and um, I wouldn't think that. a respectful level of quiet that I found was very comfortable with and super taken with. So are you going to bring that to cacao and when it gets a little loud, you're going to go out shh. and say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start hushing my customer. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be perfect. You know. Uh, I also, and I think it's tied in with that. I've traveled a fair amount and I love to travel by myself as so on either end of the trip, I did do some traveling by myself. But as a woman, you can get scared and run into situations where you feel like, oh, if I get lost, I could be in trouble. There, I felt like if I get lost, I'm just going to be lost. Mm. I'm, I never felt in any sort of danger. And that I didn't really realize how that was going to feel. And it felt great to mm -hmm. that level of freedom because I'm very curious and I'll try anything and to be able to just do that and not feel like there's consequences to that beyond getting lost or mm -hmm. something that was a feeling I don't think I've ever felt 
ever. Mm. So no, yeah, I, I just went ever. to Austin, Texas, and I'm not a woman. I got myself in a situation where I thought, I, I'm not where I want to be right now. How did I do this? Yeah. Mm. So and it wasn't no, getting lost. It was actually putting faith in some people and walking around with them to their spots. Portland's so, my city, and there's pl- you know I wouldn't walk by myself at one in the morning or two in the morning certain places, and I would walk pretty much anywhere that I was in Japan, even in the big city. Anywhere that you were. And you were in Tokyo, too. You yeah. do that in Tokyo. Yeah. Mm. Very nice. I've mm. been wanting to go there, especially since I saw Anthony Bourdain in town here, and mm. he was asked the question, and I think it's a, a really great guy to ask this question. If you could go in, if you could only eat in one city for the rest of your life, you were stuck there, you couldn't go out, where would you go? And I thought he was going to give us something in Europe and Spain. His wife's from Italy. He said Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Did you get to eat a lot of the? Did you get around to Tokyo to sample that? I wasn't in Tokyo. Oh, very I thought long. you. Oh, you were there. I was in Tokyo, but I wasn't there very long, and I may have drank too much Japanese whiskey with a friend <laughs> the night before, which then. That's the way Anthony Bourdain experienced. Then I was on my own, and I was so both just had arrived. I was jet lagged and hungover, trying to negotiate my weight. So. Court, that's the secret for why she wasn't nervous right. about being anywhere. You were in major danger, but you don't know it. <laughs> that's right. But the food was so good everywhere. Even just our, like, in the department store, some of my favorite meals was the employee cafeteria, which we had access to and was very inexpensive. And you'd go and you'd get a tray and you'd pick, like, a little thing of tofu and a little thing of some kind of vegetable mm-hmm. and a little maybe fish and you had like a whole plate of little deliciously prepared things so japanese is that a high-end department store or is it mid-range what would you put it on par with macy's yeah maybe mid-range okay and they had really good food they had but- great food well it's interesting there was a, the cafeteria was great and then oh, right. there was a whole basement level which is like food paradise. So just off of the subway station underground is uh, this incredible place where you can basically get any food that you want. I mean, it's like anything. French. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And all the, so I didn't realize this before because you were asking if Han Shin was the Han Jin that messed up right. the Port of Portland <laughs> and our traffic, but. Um, it might have been Port of Portland. But, but anyway, Han Shin and mm-hmm. Han Q. And there's the rail lines are not pri- publicly owned; they're privately owned, and which I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and so at the hubs there are department stores. So Hanshin is a rail line, Hankyu is a rail line. There's department stores for both of those right there, and those department stores both had huge um, food things at their main level. I think that's pretty yeah. common because also commuters will come in and get. Food, yeah. Yeah. Is chocolate popular there? Is it a big thing? Yeah. I th- yeah. I mean, I th- Valentine's Day is very popular. So sort of in. Oh, I thought that was just an American. Valentine's holiday. Day is huge, and it's maybe even bigger. It seems really? like it's only bigger, and it's. I just figured it was a hallmark. It's, thing. it's my understanding that it's the women who purchase 
gifts on on for Valentine's Day and they buy them for everyone. Oh, it's man. not just for it's, it's kind of Valentine's sick, Day I like. It's for yeah. everyone. Especially with three girls in the house. Yeah, it's like three women when did Valentine's house. Day become just the thing for dudes to do? And get wrong. Right. And, and, and get wrong. <laughs> I think I think something then shortly after Valentine's Day comes called White Day. That yes, I just heard about that. Is when the man gives the chocolate to the woman. All right. Yeah, so and it's all chocolate. No flowers. This has got to be chocolate. It seemed like chocolate was really emphasized. It was um, there was there was a lot of chocolate purchasing going on on the same floor as the Portland Fair, as well as downstairs in the sort of uh, unbelievable food hall. So, and there was a chocolate fair happening at a different department store. And there was a whole like. Um, Chocolate, yeah, like bean to bar plus confectionery happening at the Hong Q department store uh, just across the way. Uh, so, were you able to do all of this? Did you? Was it a, a stressful time for you, or did they have it planned out so you could enjoy yourself and go sample some of the chocolate over there? What it was a I th- uh, easy they, trip? Yeah, they allowed us to sort of come and go. Like we would come during, the, we would be present during the busiest times, and then we would sort of go and do other things, and then come back and check in and things like that. So it was, a, it was, and, it was sensible. And you two have known each other for quite a while, right? Yeah, we've known each other. We've done business together for a good while. Yeah, right? yeah. So is this yeah. the first time you had a, an opportunity to yeah, was, hang out? In this well, it's fashion? funny we never hang out here in Portland, <laughs> I was like, like say. everyone I know. Um, but yeah, so we went. So we yes, this was we finally our opportunity. Did laugh about that because we have for years been like, oh, I like you so much. Let's we got to get together. And then of course life to Japan to gets in the way. And so yeah, we ended up hanging out together a lot in Japan. Yeah, it was awesome. Now we're gonna do real world Japan. We're gonna you know all live in a house together. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> did Did you find? Because I know a little bit about the Japanese culture, and my understanding is they they do like to key on on certain things of American society and adapt it and go like pretty hardcore on it like they loved american jeans for so long that they they're big on the denim and now japanese denim is actually way better than american denim ever was mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm curious to know if, if that's kind of where this trend is they're keying in on on portland they're gonna tr- they're gonna try to do and most likely succeed do portland better than portland yes that's kind of what it sounds like they were trying to do is just like hey there's this cool thing going on in portland let's replicate it yeah, I mean, I think that in Tokyo they've they've literally done that. I, it's my understanding that uh, the restaurant Navarre on the east side actually has there is a Navarre in Tokyo as well, and it's not. And this, this is I don't know they this just for stole sure, it? but no, it's it's a it's a licensed, licensed. replica. Yeah. Uh- and they're paying so, John to do that over there. Do you think, or do you I think, think it's, he came and consulted? He, I think he came and consulted. Oh, okay, cool. So, so it's, so it's so, authorized. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's all I was getting. Yeah, at. yeah. Um, and the baristas that were there, they were from Tokyo that came and were being the baristas for Water Avenue. I think it was called Omnibus. Yeah, Omnibus. Uh, coffee from Tokyo, and they were so you could have taken. They were baristas too. Every detail. I don't right. know what it yeah, is. Yeah, no, I, I think it's the Japanese discipline that we always hear about. Mm-hmm. They, and they take, you know, they take these, you know, American, American things and they do the Japanese thing on it and they're like a hundred times better. Which it's, is precision. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy. I think that's reflected in sort of the work ethic I experienced too. I think the level of service there is like spot on and everyone you feel like everyone's really present and no one, I didn't really experience service where everyone was like, oh, this is a drag and I don't want to be here. I didn't have that. I, mean, I did a little bit, but almost never. Then. Where do you experience that? 
Like outside, like service. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I'm just asking a question. You know. Where do you experience that? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh, he wants Ooh. out. <laughs> now, we can give you a waiver on that if you did that for actual purpose. Well, if you did that for a reason to get out of it here, was just, it was <laughs> change its <diversion>. conversation. <laughs> so, did they? Uh, you know, any any time I've ever taken anybody for your drinking chocolate, yeah. the first comment is, I didn't know they had, you know, people don't know about drinking chocolate, and they really should, because it's one of the greatest things on the planet. Um, so yes. did they know about it in Japan? Did, did you hear a lot of, oh, I didn't, this is fantastic, I, I've never had it before. I felt like it was sore. Well, I didn't. I didn't necessarily understand what was going on, but I. <laughs> That's right. You didn't know what they were saying. But I. But I. I did. I, typically, it was sort of like an exploratory sip. We definitely gave out a lot of samples. I think uh, the response was often oishi, which which means uh, delicious. So I felt uh, comfortable, happy about that. Um, was there a Jewish tour going on there? Too, oishi, the oishi. Oishi. So uh, I felt. I felt like it had a level of uh, some newness. It had some newness to it. It was a new introduction. I think I think that the Japanese palate uh, regarding chocolate tends to skew, which is interesting based on uh, the rest of sort of the culinary landscape there, and and uh, the like things like uh, mochi not being very sweet and things like bean paste not being very sweet. Chocolate I think is thought of as a very sweet thing and skews towards milk and white chocolate, and um, and so dark chocolate is not uh, unheard of. I just think it's newer. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of education going around. I think there's that. still a lot of education going on here. That's yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. And we just know, live in a bubble. I just, uh, yeah. did, you saw Nick Zukin's article in Willamette Week. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. I, it was very educational for me that someone took the time to do that. This is the one I, where he's he uh, was breaking down, uh, just for people who haven't read that, it's the one where, I'm trying to remember what it was, it's where he's breaking down this idea of, of faking chocolate? No, 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 he was just, he went to oh. different chocolatiers. Okay, chocolate. that's what it was. And, but, and, he, but he's been big on pointing out some chocolatiers out on the, I think on the East Coast that were supposedly bean to bar. Oh, that was before. What okay. was the name of the, uh, what's the one that was in Mass Brothers? Yeah. yeah Mass Brothers. Okay. So right. He did that, and then he wrote a, no, a okay. really great article. I, okay, about. and I did read that, yep. And so I told him, and we were exchanging on Facebook, and I said, I'm, I have to try all those. You made him sound so great. And mm. on the other hand, I'm always pretty happy with a you know, Hershey oh, bar. Oh. I'm good with that, and I know that's blasphemous. I think that's fine. I think yeah. I don't think that's. Bl- I think that's totally fine. I think it's good to be good with what you are good with. I'm not saying I. I <laughs> I'm not saying that I that I um, necessarily that I uh, uh, prefer that. I'm just saying I'm happy. I've always been it, very happy with well, that. I've never thought I need more. That's always been. I do want different. I want a diversity, but like, I always think chocolate. When people get snotty about it, I just think that is a big waste of time because chocolate at the heart of things should be about pleasure. Do you know what I mean? So those, especially like Hershey's, that's our childhood chocolate. Like mm-hmm. it's going to take you back to that experience, right? And for me, like we do some a high-end s'mores thing, mm-hmm. but when I'm at the beach and I'm making a s'mores, I want that Hershey's taste on it, to be honest with you. So really? Sarah Hart buys Hershey's when she goes to the For the beach? s'mores. I just <laughs> love that. I'm going to get drummed out of see, I, 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 under, I understand. I understand this idea of, of what Hershey's is and, you know, it is what it is going to be to people. But, like, when you go to, like, Switzerland and even, like, the cheapest chocolate you can buy in their grocery stores is, like, 
a hundred times better than Hershey's. For me, it's hard to like having tasted that go back to the Hershey's, and that, mm. if that makes me snob, then I'll be snob. Mm. It's it's tough sometimes. But I, actually, I, I do like Hershey's though on the s'mores. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't go wrong. Like uh, yeah. To me, to have to sorry, go by the drugstore. They have the giant blocks of Hershey's uh, and just put that in the in the freezer <laughs> when you can't find anything. Right. Like I I'm in Manzanita. You don't have all my chocolate out there you don't have cacao i have to mm-hmm. just go block block and i'm doing less of that now doctor told me you got to watch the sugar so less and less and now dark chocolate is a little more acceptable so i'm going to get there and, and it's so the reason rich I you asked, don't need to eat very much right yeah. it's very delicious and as nick pointed out when we were having this discussion because i mentioned that he said you need you need for me to take you around to, or something like that and you will have, much like Court said, you will never be able to eat Hershey's again after I show you the show you the light. And it's not like I haven't had the light. I've had lots of, you know, I've had your chocolate. I've had other chocolate. But mm-hmm. it's good to know. And, you know, when you stop and you're not just glomming and you just appreciate it like a good cup of coffee. Or yes. You, it's, it's a wonderful experience. As is the drinking chocolate. Just stop and... Uh, I've had some really nice moments. I haven't had your drinking chocolate, Sarah. I got to get in there to have yeah. it. You know, it's nice to have things to look forward to. Yeah, in life. that's true. And how does yours differ from 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 Jesse? Yeah, how is it different? Well, I think a it's it's what Aubrey and Jesse do. So they've got it dialed in. I think to a. I know we haven't changed it in ten years. No, it's amazing. But we so. Oh, I've got to leave the room. No, it's all right. we got 15 minutes. You're good. Oh, was that the second? That was my second. Oh, God. All right. I'm going to be quiet. I'm just going to sit here. You can have one minute to finish talking and then... Well, so what we do with our... You're regretting this rule already. (laughs) What we do with our chocolate drinks is we try to emphasize some of our confections in them. So we have a house one that's a place to start with, but then we do um, a version of our hazelnut bar which is super popular so we do a hazelnut chocolate drink and we do one with our habanero caramel um so those emphasize what it is that we do in our bond so so for the layman and by that i mean me the difference between drinking chocolate and like drink uh, like hot chocolate is is what Really viscosity and level right. of richness. It's and typically thick, size. Thicker. So it's like yeah. it's like truly like just melted chocolate that you're Yeah, it's, I mean it has it's it's not just a melted candy bar. Right. It has and I, I don't know why I said candy bar, but it's uh it's it has dairy, you know, it has milk. Yeah. It has milk and ours has heavy cream in it too. Mm-hmm. So and it's but you're yeah. are you drinking smaller quantities than you would when you have somebody has a big old mug of hot chocolate? Or? Yeah, the biggest size we have is eight ounces, but tip, but we typically we sell it in two and four ounces yeah. also. The samplers, it's the yeah, way to go. Got to do it. All right. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you guys ever responded, but we do do a thing on, and you can say yes or no right now because I don't know. But we give away a little gift certificate for those folks who share this podcast and talk about what they liked about you guys and what you've talked about so if someone uses the um share the love or what is it share the love i can't remember wow. uh, hashtag r-a-r-r-a write it for r-a-t-f yeah well share, share the, the love, love r-a-t-f yeah then can they can we give them a little sample not to put you Absolutely. on the spot or anything yeah, yeah for sure You've done that before, right. my Portland food event. You did a you helped. I did indeed. That's true. For well, with Gruner. Sarah's over yeah, here being very. Uh, very. She's following the rules, Chris. 
Well, you can't talk? Oh, that's oh, the perfect my, uh, Now it's all me. Well, oh. I know Sarah well enough to know how loving she is. So right. She's, she's I, well, I, she nodded her head. She's yes, going to provide Sarah just a little head. something. I don't know what it is, but a little thing at Alma, mm-hmm. too, that you may be able to just pick up at, at Cacao. Can we, you know? can we institute, like, the American Idol rule here, where once per show we get to, like, institute a pass on this rule of... Where, you know, then what good is the rule? I don't know, I think Chris. We're talking about the rule too much. I think mm, there are yes. listeners who are going to think, "Geez, that rule's become true." I have a big mouth. I won't be able to be quiet. <laughs> anyway. No, you can you can come come with us, and maybe we'll edit some of this rule stuff out. Sure. Who knows? But Je- Jesse thinks we've been talking about it too much. It's I true. I can tell you that. Yeah. So. Oh. No, so that, I'll give it to you. What are you? Oh no! Do <laughs> um, you want to know what the best thing? Uh, the best thing I ate in Osaka was. Yeah. Yes. Um, it was I. We had we went to we had gone in the Fukushima neighborhood. We went to a kushiyagi place, and then we went from there to what was essentially a tavern. And they had on the bar there um, what were sort of treated like peanuts or something like that. But it was a little bowl full of. House-made pickled daikon, and then this compressed compressed fish cake, um, that was te- that you may you can probably find it at like Fubon or Wajimaya, um, and texturally it was like the most sublime thing I've had in a long time. I think it had some oil, maybe some chilies in it, and it was totally outstanding. And I ate all three containers that were sitting on at the bar. It was awesome. Were you with him? Or you... We no, were not we together were that night. That night. Oh. I think my best thing was in Kyoto. I went, there was an artist that did a few shows here at Alma. Her name was Sayori, and her she was her mom was from Nara, and so her mom came and got me, and we went to Kyoto together. And she took me to this. Uh, how, how fun is that? It was the, the best day. So you know somebody, and they're doing. Their... Oh, and she was so lovely, mm-hmm. just lovely and gracious. And, and her husband had died a few years ago, and she was, you know, reinventing her life in some way. So she was going regularly to Kyoto to take French lessons. So she was familiar with Kyoto. She was just really cool. So we went to this place for udon and um, they had, the specialty of the house was uh, tempura burdock root. And you, it was so lightly done and burdock is a really unique flavor. What is it? I it's kind of earthy. It. It's somewhere kind of like between a potato and a Jerusalem artichoke, kind of, or a okay. parsnip in flavor. Like, it's got a little bit of that earthiness, and it's white and kind of starchy. And you dipped it in chili powder and salt. And it was just yeah. delicious. Did you get the to go to the mar- any of the markets too. over there? Yes. Are they... You got a big... Just a big smile came up when I asked well, I thought of one, I thought of one other thing. Oh, um, what's the market? Um, we went, we actually did, we went to Nishiki Market in, uh, Kyoto, which was also incredible. And then that night we went back to our, we stayed in the traditional ryokan in, uh, in Kyoto. So we wore like, uh, kimonos and things like that while we were in our rooms. And, uh, that night we went down for dinner and we had, they brought out a large, I think it was a gigantic daikon. It was some sort of gourd that they had hollowed out that was like a size of a soccer ball. And they had various uh, pickled vegetables that they had put into this gourd. And along with that was this large, I thought it was a small orange when I first saw it, but I think it was actually a large type of kumquat that had been confit. And I ate it whole, and it was just like this burst of unbelievable citrus and texture in my mouth. And I, I don't think I'll ever forget it. I think it was totally incredible. It was incredible. 
the Rio Calm was incredible as well. I had a similar but bad experience with <laughs> something. Oh, I won't say it. No, it was just these. The specialty of Osaka is these octopus balls mm. that look like apple skivers, kind of apple skivers, right? Yeah, apple, they're yeah, like apple a little skiver, round. Yeah, skivers. But they're um, fried on the outside and creamy on the inside, and then with chewy octopus pieces. Mm-hmm. I tried them three times because everybody was, said they were a specialty, and I wanted to die every time. I wanted them out of my mouth. Yeah, they were gross. Mm. But other. Do you have anything that you remember that was god awful? At the same place where I had the bar (laughs) snacks, there and you know it wasn't it wasn't awful. It tasted okay, but I didn't understand how to eat it. I was because it's. I think it was some sort of pork that had been breaded and fried. There's a lot of breaded and fried things and. You would put it in your mouth and chew and chew and chew and chew. And I was like, when I didn't understand, there was really no end to the chewing. So that was As a matter of fact, if you need to excuse yourself to get it out of your mouth. (laughs) Texture was more um, difficult for me to get around than flavor. There was slimy and chewy were things that we don't do much here. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. there was a fair bit of slimy and chewy that wasn't... yeah, for me, that was more unfamiliar than the flavors. Yeah, I think that would be something I think would have a more of a problem. Well, with I think the they, they're able to get away with it because, again, this is me with some uh, Japanese culture here for you, some knowledge. Yeah. It's, it's very impolite to remove anything from your mouth. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding yes. you. Like, right. they don't have exactly. gum, which is why we have high chews. So it's a gum like something, but you swallow it. Mm-hmm. Like, so this slimy stuff, they just like, they got used to it because they can't spit it out. Just gotta swallow it. Mm. That's interesting. They don't have swallow. They haven't invented. <laughs> it swallowable is very. It gum. is very rude. No, they don't. They, 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 they don't do gum because it's impro- It's rude to t- remove anything from your mouth. Like if it's been chewed in your mouth, you don't mm. take it out. Even if you go to the bathroom and you're not I, I, public. They, hey, they invented one of the most delicious candies in the world, high chew, because of it. I'm down. I love the high chew, but it was it was a substitute for gum. So what is exciting going on at your stores now? What's new? Oh, what are we doing? We're uh, we're exiting Valentine's Day. We're sort of between seasons. We're about to go into Easter. Easter's a little bit mellower and sort of friendly. Uh, what is what's new and going? Tell Sarah what's new. What's we're in the same sort <laughs> of transition. New with you, we just did. This was really fun. It was just Portland Chefs Week. Yeah, and so we did All a right. you couple have, collaborative. You have one of those bars. really cool uh, drawings of yourself. I know. <laughs> they didn't look like me, but yeah, no. So we did a two collaborations with a couple chefs and that was really fun and I think it's something that we're going to look into doing some more of. What'd you do? We did one with uh, Troy McClarty from Bollywood and that was with this chira which is this like street mix uh, snack. It's fried dal and puffed rice and peanuts and curry and raisins and we did that in a chocolate and then there was another chef, May Lin, and we did a matcha mint. We essentially reinvented an Andes with her, mm-hmm. but with matcha and uh, really good chocolate. Uh, so those were the two collaborations we did. It are you gonna fun. make? Are you gonna produce anything from that that we can taste because it was so good? Yeah. Well, those bars are. We have them in our stores, and I think at Bollywood you can get them. Oh, cool. They were at Whole Foods just for Chefs Week. So May Lin was the was the winner of. She's the one who ousted our Portland folks mm-hmm. in uh, Top Chef. And she doesn't have a restaurant. I met her at Atala. 
Yeah, well, she apparently they're super now. friendly, even though she. Oh, I know. They're, no, they're really. She she's probably been to Portland fifteen times that I've seen since that show was over. But she doesn't have a restaurant. She's working on building one in Los Angeles. You would think that hmm. that Top Chef exposure might bring the funding in pretty quickly. So it probably has. But she said she doesn't have a a place now. So uh, in Portland. Have you enjoyed anything lately that stuck with you? Any place that's either been around a while or new that impressed you? Other than the meal that we had together because we were together at yeah. Navarre, I haven't, uh, that was, was very nice. Yeah, it was nice to spend time with you. I personally, meals for me, food is very important, but the company is also important too. So that was just, you know, one of the most pleasurable evenings I've had in a while. Thank, Thank you. you. I agree. Uh, the, company has so much to do with it. And the leeks were good. Gosh, those leeks were so good. Yeah, they were great. With Romesco. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sauteed leeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were great. But nothing comes to mind offhand? You haven't been any? I that's a, okay. I had a tuna conserva salad last night in Ostrana that was delicious. I'm revisiting sort of, um, I'm revisiting standbys. That's, I think, important. We tend to get caught up in the new here. And the standbys... Have yeah, proven like, themselves. You know, Nostrana and Cafe Castagna and Bar Avignon are sort of my like standbys. You know, Bar Avignon. So I always have, you know, where am I going to go? Where haven't I been in a while? And I just haven't been there in so long, and I love it. And mm-hmm. They're two of the nicest people I know. Absolutely. And there are more than two people there, but yes. Um, yeah. I uh, did. The new churros place just went in like two blocks from my house. Oh, Chase, uh, 180. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 180. And I haven't been to the restaurant, but I think it just opened. I'm excited. I went Saturday night. Did you? I was going to go, but I was booked. It opens, well, by the time this runs, it will have been open. Yeah. But I, uh, it was a really interesting night there. It was like a cavalcade of Portland people and of chef people. So I went with a friend who's not, I went with, uh, with Jamie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jamie Mustard, who used to do a show with Court, mm-hmm. and uh, he's not really in the food scene, so he was getting a little no- annoyed <laughs> because it I was spending so much time talking, talking to everybody. everybody else. It, does, it doesn't take much though to annoy Jamie. So. No, and he like we like <laughs> yeah. to give each other. But I peeked but, in because it's so close to my house and it looks beautiful. It's it's a you know the food was fantastic. Did it? And uh, what did you think of 180? Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved it. It's a fun place. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's going to be dangerous because I don't actually care much for sweet things in the morning um and so donuts are there we have great donuts in this town but i can easily say no to donuts i but these the churros are not that sweet and that and you can have them as sweet as you want you can have them without the cinnamon and sugar and without the chocolate you can just have them plain yeah i also think they're visually wonderful so that's Mm. part of the that's part of the fun. Well, and it's that. also that's also meant to be a shared experience. Do you know what I mean? Like you get a little stack of them and mm-hmm. you take turns ripping them off and dipping them. Exactly. I like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a little different and no one's doing it and mm-hmm. uh, it's doing well. Good. Thank you so much for coming in. Yes, thank you. It thank was you. amazing. Oh, now you can say <laughs> I was going to do that too. But. I, and by the way, I'm with Jesse. I was getting to the point where I said, I think we're talking about this too much. But it's new. And, and anybody listening out there, I think they can rest assured that we're not going to uh, hone in on that as much as we go forward. It's just kind of a fun novelty. And Sarah and I had the opportunity to discuss it at dinner the other night. So we had fun with it. And she failed. And clearly, I, I overused it. <laughs> 
Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 